listening to Clouser on Business. Thanks for coming back. I'm Clouser, your host. Glad you're with us today. Exciting topic today on emerging technologies and how they are affecting us today and what impact they will have on us in the future. That is, if they survive. My interest has been raised recently with the blockchain technology. Heard a lot about it, then began reading more about it in my accounting and finance publications. It seems some in business are aware of it, while others, it hasn't even hit their radar. We have blockchain and many other emerging technologies in our business world that we're being confronted with today. I have with me today Mark Hawkwist of Virtual Information Executives, VIE for short, to help shed some light and clarity on the topic of emerging, emerging technologies. Welcome to the podcast, Mark, and uh, please tell our listeners about yourself and also share how VIE helps its clients. Thanks for having, to, having me today. It's a really a pleasure to be here. Um, a little bit about my background, about a, about a 30 plus year career. Um, started off with uh, uh, an engineering degree, fresh out of school, and went to work for Arthur Anderson and Company in their consulting business. And uh, since then I've primarily been working with, in a corporate environment with enterprise software in uh, both a uh, internal IT capability and also in a consulting capacity. Um, also, I've worked with Willamette Industries Warehouser, and for six years I was Chief Information Officer with Columbia Distributing. I see. So, what is your uh, your engineering background? Mechanical, electrical, or actually, my engineering background is industrial and manufacturing engineering. So, very systems focused. So, Anderson brought you in to work within a specific uh, area of their of their practice then? Uh, yeah, I think at that point in time in the mid-80s they had made a determination that people with engineering degrees were very successful in coming into the consulting business so they started heavily recruiting um, uh, those types of majors. Yeah, it's funny because uh, it, it, what I found over the course of my career is uh, engineers and account, accountants don't get along all that well. Yes, there's a different, definitely a different outlook. <laughs> Engineers don't always think about the bottom line. Yeah. And so so uh, what are you in there doing with your clients? So when they bring you in, uh, what, why are they bringing you in? Yeah, um, so for about the last five years I've been working with an organization called VIE, or Virtual Information Executives, and our mission is to help our clients turn their business technology into a strategic asset. Um, and we do this by providing C-level experience to lead and organize the technology function. Um, VIE serves primarily mid-market companies and also public sector clients in the Western U.S. Mm -hmm. Who are you working with within those organizations normally? We work with the CEOs, CFOs, and, and chief operating officers primarily. Mm -hmm. So you enjoy that? Absolutely. Yeah, what, what do you get the most fulfillment out of? Uh, I think the most fulfillment I get is to help uh, organizations get clarity in decision how to make the right decisions and when to make the right decisions in technology and helping them build a capability internally that that uh, uh, leads them forward uh, a lot of a lot of organizations I work with they felt like they uh, maybe don't have lacked the leadership or the guidance that's necessary and um, we provide that level of guidance in a way that's very easily accessible and uh, um, basically gives them access to a level of experience they otherwise would not have access to in their business. Mm -hmm. So our topic today must be right there in the forefront of everything you're doing on a daily basis then with your clients? Yes, absolutely. What's well, everything from, from how, do we, uh, how do we survive and, and organize around technology to then how do we 
make technology make us money mm -hmm. to then how do we use technology to, to drive revenue and drive our business. Mm -hmm. uh, uh, not to get, well, I'll wait to ask this question later, but uh, so we see all these uh, technologies coming out. Some uh, have stuck with us and uh, others haven't. Uh, some disappear forever and uh, then resurface uh, maybe uh, later. But uh, what should we be keeping our eye on here as far as uh, emerging technologies? Well, it's a difficult challenge. Uh, technology changes faster than we can ever hope to keep up. Uh, and markets can be disrupted very quickly. Uh, look at uh, what Amazon did to bookstores, what digital media has done with newspapers and uh, Netflix to video stores and what Uber and others are now doing in transportation. Mm -hmm. uh, so you can't ignore changing technology by any means. Uh, Do you feel like it keeps, it, it uh, catches people by surprise? I mean, uh, in the business community? I mean, you, they might see something today and they think, well, nothing of it because maybe they're down in the weeds in their own business? Exactly. I think that uh, if you're 100% if you're tactically operationally focused, you might be missing the, the, the market might be changing in front of your eyes. Mm -hmm. um, and, but you also can't let fear drive your decision making. You can see all these changes and you, know, you see maybe what might be happening in other industries. Um, and uh, you might want to make a knee-jerk reaction and, and dive headlong into something you don't really understand. So it's very important to have a long-term perspective and really understand your, your market and your, and your business position in your market. So, so is this one way you help your clients? Uh, maybe, okay, you're in working with me. There's something new out there that we're hearing about, and uh, maybe I want to, as a business owner or management, I want to jump into something. So I'm assuming maybe you're the one that comes in and says, okay, well, let's just put this in perspective. Yeah, absolutely. And, and oftentimes it's, it's um, help, helping them get their uh, internal house in order as well because they may, let me give you an, an example, you may be a, a manufacturer of uh, custom window treatments, for example, and you want to uh, get in, you've heard that, that uh, the way that those things are going to be purchased is going to be heavily dependent on augmented reality and, and uh um, shopping decisions are going to be made using uh, a whole lot of advanced tools and, and you want to get in on that on that cycle um, however do you do you have the existing systems that that that, uh, that will support your business can you take those existing systems and uh, digitize them in a ways that makes them more accessible um, oftentimes companies will find that they need to get a functioning functional internal operating system um, first and then look to integrate that capability externally. Mm -hmm. I, I think I would be afraid that, uh, you know, I would see something and really would want to get into it, but then get into it so early that other, it would, uh, I don't know, smooth out in its tech, you know, in how it's applied or whatever. Uh, do you see that? Oh, absolutely. You can make it's always going to be more expensive to try to be an early adopter of of technology, um, and the the big thing is how do you le how are you going to leverage that? How is it going to integrate with the rest of your business? Um, uh, what advantage do you have in operating that? You want to really understand where what your unique advantage is, and a lot of companies that are incumbents in in an industry you do have an advantage because you really know that those markets you really know those customers you know if you're in touch with your 
client base, you really understand what it is that mm-hmm. they want and what they're worried about. Mm-hmm. So, so who who ultimately is driving uh, the awareness of these uh, emerging technologies? Um, yeah, there are a lot of there's a lot of coverage in the media, and a lot of the coverage, you know, it spans a couple different um, uh, areas. You've got uh, interest in uh, when things crop up, so things that are very interesting stories, things that have high impact. Uh, self-driving cars are huge in the, mm-hmm. in the news right now, right? Yeah, well, uh, yeah, I'm in the transportation business uh, in my real job, and uh, you know, we, we're hearing a lot about these driverless, uh, yep. you know, tractors and right. And, you, and there, there's there's been there's this wave of technology, technological change isn't really anything new. I remember 20, 25 years ago when the internet was new, um, the uh, Having a uh, a website and being able to do e-commerce was viewed as uh, you know this game-changing technology, mm-hmm. and um, uh, there was a tremendous amount of hype that 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 drew from that. Um, and uh, interestingly, uh, there's a there's an IT research firm called Gartner Group. Uh, they publish every year a, a report uh, called the Hype Cycle, and the the purpose of that report is to track the maturity adoption. Mm-hmm and the uh, social application of emerging technologies. It's a very mm-hmm. interesting report. Uh, you take a look at some of the some of the technologies that are on there and the things that are, you see and you hear about in the news every day. Right, you know, right. Uh, every day people are hearing about um, uh, cryptocurrencies and, and Bitcoin and, and, and what's underlying that. Well, there's a technology called blockchain that's underlying that. What does that mean for my business? Mm-hmm. So there's a lot of questions that come out of that. So you want to? Uh, do you, can you explain that uh, hype cycle chart then? Yeah, that, that you're speaking of? absolutely. So you, when you think about um, what you, you may be hearing about early proof of concepts or early reports, maybe they come out of uh, uh, educational uh, material, research material uh, that is uh, is about something that's very interesting or very new. So that's that's the phase called technology trigger. That's when mm-hmm. you first hear about. You know, hey, there's a new technology. There's something about quantum computing or uh, nanoparticles, or mm-hmm. um, uh, you might hear about uh, um, a lot of uh, any aspect of artificial intelligence and, and uh, um, uh, machine cognition. Those those types mm-hmm. of, of you hear these stories that start to come out, and that leads. Uh, in, in some cases, that, that those, those just started to really take on a life of their own, mm-hmm. right? And in, and in cases where there is, um, uh, there's maybe money to be made based on those ideas and these technologies, mm-hmm. you often very quickly reach uh, the next the next uh, phase of the hype cycle. Yeah, if I could interrupt you just for yeah. a second, because uh, since we're on we're not on video, uh, the the chart that Mark. Uh, is uh, referring to is a chart that uh, measures expectation of these technologies over a time frame. So if you will, uh, your uh, bottom axis is uh, time, and uh, your vertical axis then is the level of expectation that uh, these technologies uh, hopefully will bring forth. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> or there's some, there's some at some level on that expectation, but go ahead. I'm sorry, I interrupted no, right. you. No, you have. You, the, so the next phase is the, is for after the technology trigger. The next phase is the peak of of expectations, and often those are peak of inflated expectations, mm-hmm. um, and that's human nature. Um, there's a uh, 
phenomenon called the Mara's Law, where we tend to overestimate the effect of technology in the short run and underestimate its effect in the long run. Mm -hmm. uh, we saw that with the uh, uh, dot-com rise and fall bubble, rise and fall around 2000-2001 timeframe, uh, because the um, amount of expectations and value that people had placed in that technology was greater than the short-term mm -hmm. um, uh, reality that the technology delivered. Uh, however, in the long run, everything we do now, cloud computing, uh, mobile devices, is all dependent on that on that underlying technology that was developed in the, in the 90s and early 2000s. Mm -hmm. So um, that's a perfect example of the hype cycle in, at work. Mm -hmm. uh, if you, if you, once you pass the peak of inflated expectations, often a technology falls into the next phase, mm -hmm. which is called the trough of disillusionment. <laughs> what, what, what is that all? And, you know, I was looking at this chart and I'm thinking, okay, what would cause cause that uh, expectation level to go from a peak, you know, down, you know, come down? What would be involved with that? Yeah, the first, well, the first uh, uh, aspect of it is, is that the uh, expectations were inflated, right? You're, 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 you may have been the uh, a value may have been placed on something based on a perception or a um, uh, Reality that was not perception that was not in line with reality. Mm -hmm. uh, an example you remember from the uh, dot com boom that was pets dot com right the sock puppet they had Super Bowl commercials and 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 they were uh, uh, speculators were placing a value on this company uh, to sell pet products that exceeded the total market of pet products sold in. <laughs> so that's that's an example where you know you maybe want to think about the the. Uh, what it, what is the real the real addressable market for this uh -huh. technology and, um, uh, and and is that in line with with, with its valuation? Mm -hmm. um, another example today is the you know the, with all the interest in Bitcoin and cryptocurrencies, um, uh, there are currently over uh, fifteen hundred blockchain startups, mm -hmm. um, and what you're going to see inevitably is that. Is that a the majority of those startups fail, as a majority of all startups fail, mm -hmm. and uh, you, as part of the phenomenon of reaching that trough of disillusionment, people start to write off the technology, and that is also a mistake, mm -hmm. uh, because then the, the next phase we get into the next phase, which is the slope of enlightenment, which is really where uh, once the technology is introduced and uh, fails to meet initial expectations, people actually get to work mm -hmm. and start actually finding ways for this technology to uh, actually add real value and uh, and uh, really create an impact in, in markets and mm -hmm. industries. So do you think Bitcoin's with us to stay or... I mean, um, it I, seems like it's it's you know it's kind of come and gone. And yeah, but, well you've seen, you've seen the significant crash in the price of all cryptocurrencies um, and the, the, the challenge there is there's no real way to value it. However, there is a value in having a, uh, uh, a way of transacting business that does not depend on fiat currencies attached mm -hmm, to government. Mm -hmm. So that, you know, there's a, there is a, a, uh, a value there. What that value is, you know, I can't, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> 
at some point the market's going to going to reach an equilibrium, and, is, and I suspect it's going to be significantly lower even than the current the current uh, prices for those. Yeah, and I would also think it would be uh, something to do with the public's acceptance of yes. Okay, this is a either yeah there is a value here. It's a safe. Uh, currency to you know to trade in or whatever and it's like you know i was a long hold off on certain uh, apps on on my phone and doing things because i think there was a uh, uh under underlining insecurity that you know my data was going to be safe or you know someone wasn't going to i mean i, I remember when cell phones first came out people were stealing stealing uh, people's cell phone numbers and you know come in with a big bill or whatever and i think the same for me personally anyway uh, the same insecurities hold uh, hold true for some of these things i'm a you got to prove it to me first type of guy yeah yeah which is a healthy way to healthy attitude to have uh the uh you what happens usually is once once you pass the uh you actually start to see the real results of this reality sets in and mm -hmm. and and people realize that it does take a few years in a lot of cases for uh, the, the technology to come to fruition. Mm -hmm. And um, in there, you that's actually maybe the best time to start really considering, heavily considering making investments in those technologies. Mm -hmm. And that's the, the slope of enlightenment, mm -hmm. right? Which, so, so blockchain, where's blockchain currently on this? Uh, uh, blockchain is, is a, uh, on its way in, down into, from just past the peak of the, uh, of the uh, inflated expectations on its way to the trough of dissolution. Mm -hmm. <laughs> However, that does not, once again, that does not mean that there's not a huge amount of promise in blockchain. It just means that, you know, we're, we're 10 years out. Yeah. And, um, uh, you really want to be thinking realistically about about uh, what it means to to uh, invest in that in that technology. Yeah, you know, from an accounting and finance side, I've heard a lot about blockchain, and the reason I uh, really wanted you you know to come on and talk about this was, uh, I mean, there's confusion on my part. I, I think I have a general understanding of what blockchain entails, but for our listeners, can you can you give us uh, you know a thirty five thousand foot overview of uh, yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Um, yeah, blockchain in in its essence is um, is a, a way to let people who have little confidence in each other collaborate without having to go through a neutral central authority. So um, when you think about uh, Bitcoin, it's it, it's uh, allowed people who have zero trust in each other. In fact, it's enabled um, a lot of criminal enterprises that that. Uh, uh, don't want to deal with with uh, real real currency dealing with virtual currency, um, and uh, so th that's manifested in the formation of what's called either a permissionist permissionless public ledger, um, that's what's used in in digital currencies, where anybody who has a key, you have uh, you have a private key that lets you control your wallet, and you have a public key that lets others uh, transact business with you. Mm -hmm. Um, there's also uh, a, what's called a permissioned public ledger, which is what a lot of the current interest in the underlying technology of cryptocurrency blockchain is all about. It's about having a uh, uh, maybe a less centrally controlled, still distributed network of uh, 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 business partners that, however, there is still a... Uh, uh, a, st a set of standards to get involved in this in this market. Mm -hmm. So, an example of some of the uh, 
some of the applications that are currently being thought of for blockchain are uh, digital payments, of course, mm-hmm. uh, something called smart contracts, which is where the uh, there's multiple parties participating in a contract, and that contract is uh, recorded and um, uh, there is intelligence in the contract that does not rely on any one party or one person to execute. Mm-hmm. Um, there's also digital identity. Uh, the government in Australia is, is uh, uh, got a proof of concept using blockchain to validate the uh, digital identity of their passport holders. So to try to get around the problem of counterfeit passports, for yeah. example. So, so it's my understanding the benefit of this is it's a record that uh, is, once it's established, it's in there, can't be altered. Correct. Really can't be manipulated. Is that? Yeah, it's a, a immutable um, uh, distributed record and often a public record of transactions that is held in multiple parties simultaneously. Yeah, so I, just thinking in a simple you know, uh, we today we transfer a lot of monies, uh, wire, ACH, or whatever, yep. and, and uh, they were saying it should uh, pick up the efficiencies and then the integrity uh, of that process. Right, and and uh, a lot of that is a, is a promise around. You know, when you get into digital payments, the the, the promise there is that you're uh, you're not you're able to do it in a, in a, in a more dis- distributed manner that doesn't rely on the trust of that central party. So like a Western Union in the middle taking a cut of every transaction, mm-hmm. you can be more efficient by cutting out the middleman in, in, uh, in uh, scenarios like that. Mm-hmm. The, the thing I've been reading, uh, especially on the accounting side, is uh, do you think blockchain is another, uh, uh, another set of books that we have to keep track of, or is it going to be something that augments our traditional... Uh, accounting. Yeah, I think it augments your traditional accounting. I don't think it def- definitely does not replace your traditional accounting. And, and in fact, in your in your your general ledger isn't going to have anywhere the, the, your transactions at that level of, of detail in any case, and nor should it. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think that uh, uh, the the use of a, a blockchain technology is for uh, maybe transactions that. Um, uh, go across and between parties and today really aren't recorded in mm-hmm. a in a central location mm-hmm. um, so some examples of this that is there's a there's a category called asset provenance a use a use case for blockchain technology when we say asset provenance we really mean tracking an asset across multiple parties multiple jurisdictions multiple geographies so one of the problems that, that uh, companies are trying to solve for this is, for example, seafood. It's, it's estimated that 30% of the seafood that you see and you can buy in the market isn't what it's labeled to be. Hmm. So if you can prove that that seafood has passed in a chain of custody from its source where it was caught through the uh, distribution channel to the uh, uh, market to the end consumer, then you have uh, uh, you've added val- a lot of value in in, uh, in confidence in mm-hmm. that, that that seafood is what it claims to be. Mm-hmm. That's uh, why that halibut I had the other night tasted like cod. <laughs> it could be, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and the, the similar types of issues, you know, timber. The people want to make sure that they're they, they're buying wood products come from sustainably managed forests. It's another example of where um, that that sort of technology could be used. Um, Property, properties, uh, uh, any sort of property that is uh, being uh, transferred from one place to another, where there may not be perfect trust in place, 
you might be able to use blockchain technologies to uh, uh, improve those those markets and, and raise confidence in those transactions. Mm-hmm. Are there, are there uh, different industries that blockchain will help more than with others? I mean, you're, you've been talking about assets. Yeah, which, any, which, I mean, it's anything where there is a you you have to have a middleman in order to uh, in order to have a transaction today, and there's inefficiencies in the market that are that are caused by that. Okay, very good. So I interrupted you earlier. You were in the trough of delusion on the chart. <laughs> so uh, let's continue across the timeline here. Oh, absolutely. So. Uh, Like I was saying, the next phase is the slope of enlightenment, and this is really where the hard work and investment comes in and really making, uh, uh, continually improving a technology and making it it work the way that, that, uh, uh, to meet the the initial vision. Um, And uh, we've gone through this, um, uh, we currently are going through this with uh, Virtual reality, augmented reality. I think you may remember two or three years ago, there was a ton of hype about VR and AR, right? And it didn't live up to the hype. Um, and uh, uh, now, so nobody's no, no now nobody's really talking about it much anymore. But there's a whole lot of development going on that in the next five years, you're going to see a lot of real world um, business uh, ready applications of that technology. Mm-hmm. And we're, uh, again, just been reading uh, some articles here, but uh, uh, some of these things will, what, maybe replace 30% of uh, certain industry-type functions or whatever. I mean, we're, for, you know, virtual reality, where, where are we going to see that come to fruition, you think? Well, I think you, uh, the Virtual reality, you'll see that in a lot of, you know, obviously gaming, it's already happening in, mm-hmm. in, in gaming. You'll see it also in any, any way where the, there's, it's, it's helpful to create an experience where you're selling an experience for mm-hmm. a customer. Um, uh, certainly a safer way to ride a roller coaster. Um, <laughs> um, more exciting for a lot of brick-and-mortar businesses is augmented reality. So think of that in, in like a construction environment where you're you're able to 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 view the the building and you're looking at it from from the girders to the walls to the, mm-hmm. the where all the plumbing is where all the fixtures are and 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 you're able to visualize all that directly in a in on top of a physical space mm-hmm. and uh, then use that integrate it to your back office applications you know there's a whole you maybe have a whole lot of design and um, uh, CAD, CAM uh, mm-hmm. technology that you've developed over the years, you can now leverage that and uh, have it uh, get a lot more uh, power out of it, mm-hmm. and and also end up with a far more efficient system because you're reducing errors, you're reducing you know, you're reducing waste. Mm-hmm. Okay, so that's the uh, trough of uh, disillusionment. So now <laughs> we're on we're on the well, that was the that's the, the slope of enlightenment. Yes, okay. yes. And then finally, the the last uh, category there is is the plateau of productivity, and this is really what we're talking about is mainstream adoption. Mm-hmm. So the hard work's been done, and now we can start scaling it. Um, uh, you've seen this happen with cloud computing. Cloud computing is in the plateau of productivity today. Mm-hmm. Um, you're, there are any number of uh, uh, cloud computing platforms that can add real value to a business today. Um, uh, mobile computing is, is, is in the same space. Ten years ago, those were not, you know, they were not able to add the value that they can today. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, 
you're seeing that with uh, social technology as well. Um, uh, social, the value of social networks is, is a real practical value today and is, and is something you can use in, in your business and is being used in marketing and other, in other uh, uh, ways. Mm -hmm. you, hear, you hear a lot about uh, disrupting uh, technologies and, uh, yeah. you know, so what can you speak to about whether your company is going to be the one who's disrupting or be being disrupted? Yes. <laughs> well, that, and that really uh, plays into uh, understanding your business and your place in, in the in the in the uh, uh, your supply chain and, and your markets. If you're essential, if the reason for the existence of your business is that you have information that nobody else has. That is a very untenable situation with modern technology. Um, so you really want to make sure that you're adding value to the customer in ways that, that is, are, is durable. Mm -hmm. So should I be a uh, should I be a resistor of these changes? Uh, you know, maybe like I was saying earlier, I'm a, <laughs> maybe a slow learner, or I'm uh, maybe a little uh, tense about what I see. So should I be? How, what should be my position? Yeah, the, yeah. The, I think the, the the thing to think about is to have a have an innovative, open mindset, and also take a long term strategic approach. Uh, ask yourself, what does this mean for my business? And what could it mean for my business? What technology might disrupt this business in five, ten, or twenty years? Mm -hmm. um, and you, you you have to decide: should you ignore, resist, or invest in these technologies? And and you know, in some cases, uh, either one of those, any one of those, might be the right decision. You can resist a technology if you have the ability to uh, control the markets through, for example, uh, uh, government regulation or. or <laughs> <laughs> Other, other forms of, mm -hmm. of, of monopoly, right? Um, and so once you understand you have a strategy and you understand the, the, the approach to the strategy and when you need to change your tactics, mm -hmm. um, uh, you, you really need to think about, okay, planning how and when you can take action, right? Uh, you generally have more time than you think, right? Taxi companies, even though they've been disrupted for five years, they're still not out of business, right? Mm -hmm. Right. <laughs> you still got time to uh, think Re about yeah, reinvent yourself somehow. To, and, and, yes, absolutely. Um, so, uh, uh, just have that innovative mindset. Um, I've worked with a lot of manufacturing companies, and the technology that is in place exists today is the internet, industrial Internet of Things, right? You, if you're in, if you're, you're, you want to. Uh, you're running a, a uh, manufacturing process, and you want to be able to monitor that process real in real time, seven by twenty-four. Mm -hmm. uh, you can do that today. Um, Ten years from now, you will not only be able to do that; you will be also also be able to have that process adaptively change based on uh, artificial intelligence algorithms, mm -hmm. um, so that you will not rely on human intervention in order to, in order to keep your process mm -hmm. optimized. So th 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 these are. These are changes that are happening, and and you really should be, depending on the industry you're in and that your position in that in that industry, you you need to be thinking about how how you're going to play in that in the future. Mm -hmm. So where do you uh, we're uh, running out of time here, but I just before you, before I let you go here on artificial intelligence. I mean, yeah. what what you know what's really driving that? Is it the fact that uh, 
you know, we, we're getting machines to the point now where they can make smart decisions and uh, maybe perform functions that uh, we humans can't. But I would also think that there would be a pressure driving it from, you know, like, you know, we got minimum wage going up, we've got other costs. Yep. Uh, even if you visit your local uh, McDonald's now, there's, uh, uh, you know, electronic kiosk in there uh, doing something that someone right. else used to do. What, what's, what, what are we going to see there, you think? Yeah, you're, you're definitely going to see AI displacing white-collar workers. Uh, a lot of automation in the past has displaced um, maybe factory jobs or assembly jobs or jobs that didn't require a whole lot of um, uh, cognition. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, now the jobs that require maybe a whole lot of, of cognition but not a lot of creativity, those, mm-hmm. are, those are going to be the next jobs to be automated, and AI is going to be the, the, the means of, of doing that. So things that are... Uh, your uh, this a ru- fundamental uh, routine decisions about a loan application may in five years that might be made almost exclusively by um, machines versus versus humans. Mm-hmm. Um, not always a good thing, but definitely something that's happening. Um, the also thing that's driving it is the uh, advances in computing, the the speed and power mm-hmm. that it takes to uh, run. Uh, artificial intelligence is actually uh, uh, catching up to the point now where it's more feasible to to run that um, and uh, in by the end of the next decade it will certainly be uh, difficult if not impossible to tell if you're interacting with a human or if you're interacting with a machine yeah so any uh, any industries that will uh when using artificial intelligence over others I mean I, w- I would think that say healthcare for instance I you know I'm still going to want to is a machine going to tell me? Uh... Well, I think the, it, it, uh, there's a really interesting book called uh, The Second Machine Age. Um, uh, and uh, in that book, uh, the, the authors talk about these sort of social changes that, that are going to come through this and the, and the impacts of that, and positive and negative social changes. Mm-hmm. Um, one of the things I thought was very positive was the... Um, that the, in the, the studies that have been done with... Uh, automated systems, human and uh, machine, the most powerful uh, uh, was the combination of human plus machine. So, for example, a chess playing uh, uh, robot has been able to beat the best human for several years now. Um, However, the best chess playing robot cannot beat the combination of a human and another chess playing robot. Mm. So interesting. Yeah. So humans teamed with artificial intelligence is really where the sweet spot is for medic for med, uh, uh, medicine diagnostics. You know, you could you could use the power of AI to uh, far more accurately do uh, be, be a diagnostician, but you still need the, yeah. the human doctor to to guide that process. Yeah, be interpretive, and, yeah. And be interpretive, yeah, absolutely. Right. right. Hey, well, uh, we're running out of time here. Uh, in closure, Mark, could you give our uh, listeners, uh, you know, a couple takeaways on why it's important for them to keep an eye on these emerging emerging technologies, and also uh, what should leaders uh, within businesses uh, be doing? Yeah, you know? yeah, you should have a you should have a strategic plan first of all, and, and that strategic plan should be forward looking, and you should be and you should be considering your markets and thinking about from from your customers' perspective. 
what's the unique value you're at you're providing to them and then how is technology going to help enhance that and that will either either help protect your position in the face of technological change or help you identify opportunities to use technology mm-hmm. to help your customers more in new ways mm-hmm. hey well uh really appreciate you coming on. I put some clarity in my mind on these uh, issues, Mark, and I'm uh, sure with our listeners as well. Uh, you can learn more about uh, Mark at uh, www.vieellc.com and also at clouseronbusiness.com. And uh, also we'll uh, link a, uh, a PDF of that uh, of the hype chart, of the Gartner hype chart for you. So you can see what we've been uh, looking at as we've uh, talked about this. But anyway, uh, please remember to tell your friends about us. We're on iTunes, TuneIn, Stitcher Radio, Podbean, CastBox, and always at ClauserOnBusiness.com. Well, all for now, you've been listening to Clouser on Business. Business.